0: The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are simply that. Opinions. All are presumed innocent until proven otherwise in a court of law. Sensitive topics are discussed. Discretion is advised. Hi, I'm Vinnie Politan and welcome to the Court TV Podcast. This week we have an audio edition of the Court TV original series, Judgment with Ashley Banfield featuring one of the biggest televised trials filled with shocking twists and turns the trial of the menendez brothers people couldn't imagine what made eric and lyle menendez brutally kill their parents the prosecution said it was greed the defense said something much darker a family secret that would shock and grip the nation featuring interviews with beverly hills detective les zoller prosecutor judge carol najera and the late larry king this is Judgment of the Menendez Brothers. This is the Court TV Podcast. <laughs>
1: It's a quiet Sunday night in Beverly Hills, California. That is until the nine one one call. When detectives arrive at 722 North Elm Drive in the early morning hours of August 20th, 1989, the scene is nothing short of devastating. Inside the home, a couple, apparently at home watching TV, has been brutally murdered with a shotgun. Outside, on the front lawn, two young men are sobbing inconsolably, saying someone has killed their parents. Neighbors are in shock and afraid for their safety, and gossip begins to spread. Was it a mob hit? But eventually the investigation zeroes in on those two young men crying on the lawn, Lyle and Eric, the Menendez brothers.
2: Not many Hollywood murder mysteries ever took a more dramatic turn than police are describing in a couple of savage Beverly Hills killings. The victims were a man and his wife, He helped finance such movie hits as Rambo, First Blood, Part 2, and Red Heat.
3: I've been in this business for over 33 years, and uh, I've heard of very few murders that were more savage than this one was.
4: Beverly Hills had not had a murder in years. The police department was stunned when they were called to the house, and what they found there was Lyle Menendez on the front lawn crying hysterically, saying his parents had been killed. The whole scene was shocking.
3: The uh, bodies of the victims had numerous gunshot blasts to them. There was blood everywhere. It was really, really a devastating crime scene.
5: It was believed to be a mafia killing. The victim in the matter, Jose Menendez, had just purchased a company called Live Entertainment, and it was a the big distributor of pornography, and so it had many ties to organized crime. It was well known that Jose Menendez wanted to clean that up and have an actual entertainment company, and it was believed that he was murdered to prevent that from happening.
3: Within weeks, we had learned from Jose's business live that the brothers were given Jose's credit card. We learned that they were spending heavily. They had bought Rolex watches, three of them for the two of them. They bought a new car each. Lyle bought a Porsche, Eric a Jeep. They went to the Bel Air Hotel and basically had a party. It just seemed odd to us that these poor victims of their parents' murder are going out and spending so lavishly. Today, at approximately 1.20 p.m., Beverly Hills police detectives arrested Joseph Lyle Menendez, 22, for the August murders of his mother and father, Maria Louise Kitty Menendez and Jose Enrique Menendez.
6: All right, then. I'll now turn to the lawyers, and uh, they may make their opening statements. First, the prosecution makes an opening statement, and then the defense.
7: we will prove to you that Lyle Menendez planned this murder, provided false identification for the purchase of two shotguns, set up an alibi, and then set off to spend the money which he had acquired through the killings of his parents.
8: The evidence will show that the defendant, Eric Menendez, went to great lengths to cover up his crime, including lying to the police and blaming professional hitmen for what he and his brother had done.
5: Pam and Lester were a strong team. Pam was an amazing attorney, and Lester was a solid, brilliant man.
8: Eric Menendez bragged about committing the perfect murder, and he almost got away with it.
9: The Menendez trial had everybody mesmerized, including the president. And nobody could believe that these two handsome young men from Beverly Hills would kill their dad in in cold blood and their mom.
4: The judge determined they would have to have two juries. Each boy would be tried separately. And Jill was chosen to represent Lyle, and Leslie represented Eric.
6: The jury for the defendant, Eric Menendez, is in the jury box. The jury for the defendant, Lyle Menendez, is in the audience.
7: Do you remember about what time it was that you finally arrived?
3: It's approximately 1 AM on the 21st of August.
7: And what was the cause of death?
3: Multiple shotgun wounds.
7: What was the mode of death?
3: Homicide. I did not observe a break-in. It was my guess at the time that whomever killed Jose and Mary Menendez uh, had been let in by them. We had the, uh, the record of sale of the shotguns that uh, we thought they used. It's a Mossberg 12-gauge shotgun. It's a pump-action shotgun. We had their demeanor after the murders. Uh, they just kept saying the same old phrases over and over.
7: And what was the phrase?
3: Uh, oh, my God. Oh, my God. The next morning, one of the officers came to us and said, the brothers are here, and they want to get some things out of the house.
7: What was the request?
3: The request was to pick up some items. Those items in particular were tennis equipment. I go, your tennis gear? I said, well, where is your tennis gear? He said it's in the room where our parents were killed. That was my first indication that something wasn't right there. At
10: some point during the interview, Law Menendez mentioned that he smelled smoke. Do you recall that?
3: I felt that if you saw smoke, it would have had to have been pretty shortly after the guns were fired.
4: Police finally came to the conclusion that the boys were spoiled brats who wanted their inheritance and so decided to shotgun their parents to death.
7: After the memorial service, you went shopping?
10: Yes, very often.
7: Okay. What did you shop for?
2: A Porsche, uh, real estate, two condominiums, and a patio home. I think if they had stayed remorseful, and sad, deeply depressed, I don't know if they'd have been caught.
11: For 12 years, between the ages of six and 18, My client, Eric Menendez,
1: was sexually molested by his father. The dizzying case of the murders of Jose and Kitty Menendez has become a national sensation. The arrest of their two sons, Lyle and Eric, aspiring professional tennis players, wealthy and good-looking, certainly makes for a story that's sensational. Their lavish spending spree in the weeks after the murders suggests to investigators that This is a crime of greed, a crime to inherit millions. But the defense is about to say something else. And that something else would stun the nation.
6: All
3: right, step forward, please. The break in the case came with a woman by the name of Judalon Smith. And she said, I have some information about this guy that uh, was treating me And he turned out to be my boyfriend. And he was also the uh, psychologist for the Menendez brothers.
10: Why did you go to the police on March 5th and tell Detective Zoller that you had certain information about the Menendez
3: brothers confessing?
11: Because I believed that Jerry Ozeal was going to
12: have me killed.
3: Dr. Ozeal made an appointment for Eric to see him. And he would leave the door ajar so she could hear what was going on. And she said that she heard Eric tell Dr. Ozeal that, that he and Lyle had murdered his parents.
7: Did Lyle ex- express anything about how he felt about the possibility of these notes getting read wet by someone else and how that might occur?
13: Well, he was very concerned about um, someone else harming me and, and therefore having the notes come out. So he he made a, a joke about us uh, having to be very good friends and that if somebody broke into my house and robbed me or, and began to shoot me, if I heard a shot behind me and saw the robber drop, uh, I'd probably see Lyle behind saying, uh, have a good night's sleep, Jerry.
14: Everything Dr. Oziel did was so unethical. You don't record your patients. There is a level of confidentiality that's there. You
7: don't record them. Who does that?
6: Any further evidence to be offered by the prosecution?
7: The people of the state of California rest their case as to defendant Lyle Menendez.
6: Everyone thinks the case is going pretty well. But, I mean, I know Leslie, and I know how good she is. So I was just wondering, I said, is it is it really? But there's nothing I could do at this point. Ms. Abramson for the defense.
11: Thank you, Honor. The only question in this case is why did these killings occur? For 12 years, between the ages of six and 18, my client, Eric Menendez, was sexually molested by his father.
5: Well, The big question was, do you believe him? I mean, I think people were really surprised by the defense in this case. Leslie Abamson is a brilliant showman.
6: I'm going to this.
11: object to that answer, Your Honor. This witness has been trying to do something. Counsel, if you days.
6: want to argue the matter, you can do so outside the hearing of the jury.
15: Leslie Abramson. <laughs> you know,
6: I could see your eyes rolling when you're facing the witness. You will behave professionally. Is that clear? Yes,
1: of course. I
15: mean, she was a bitch on wheels. She was tenacious. She was a good lawyer. And she was intimidating. And she scared people. You want that?
9: She never gave up. She's super smart,
6: super aggressive. She got in the judge's face. Are you inviting the court to find you in contempt because you're indicating you're gonna do contemptuous things?
11: No, no, I'm just saying there's only so much unfairness one can bear.
9: She had beautiful arguments in front of the jury that were really passionate.
11: You told your unstable girlfriend patient secrets and now you were worried about whether or not she could be trusted. Isn't that what happened?
2: Leslie was a fighter. And a believer. I dated Angie Dickinson during that time, and Angie hated the Menendez brothers. And we had dinner with Leslie Abramson. And Leslie Abramson said at the dinner, These boys, I would adopt them. That's how much I love them. And Angie kicked me under the table with a kick. I still feel the pain in the shin with the high heels. But she was very mad at Leslie. But Leslie believed it
11: in the early stages of Jose Menendez's seduction of his son, which our experts will tell you is a classic pattern among incestuous males, he told the child that this was their special secret to be shared with no one.
15: It was such a crazy, crazy case, you know, and the Menendez brothers in those sweaters. Uh, I like to know the science behind the sweaters.
14: Dressing them in these pastel sweaters. I think, in general, it might have been a good strategy because they look like, you know, Boy Scouts or, you know, good little preppy boys. However, I think at that time, the media switched it. And now they just look like affluent little children wanting money.
15: For us, they were butchers. They were just spoiled, rotten kids who loved money more than they They loved their parents.
0: I didn't like Mr. Menendez. Uh, I didn't find him very likable. He asked me if uh, my dad ever gave me massages.
1: The facts of the case are undisputed by the defense. Lyle and Eric Menendez brutally killed their parents in a hail of bullets as they were watching TV in their Beverly Hills home. But the defense claims that Sexual abuse of the brothers by their father, who they say was unabashedly supported by their mother, is the underlying reason for the murders.
6: Um, at this point, the defense is going to be calling its first witness. Miss um, Lansing? Yes,
1: Your Did they seem to
12: have unstructured time where they could just go hang out with the kids in the neighborhood, or did they have a different life? They did not, they, all of their time was structured and Mary Lou specifically
11: said that it would be unwise for them to have friends.
14: Jose Menendez was a entertainment executive who was incredibly successful, but had a reputation for being very hard, very mean, very demeaning to his staff. That transferred to the home and he wanted perfection from his children.
10: Do you know why you got fired? Because I stood up to him, and I told him that he needed to back off because uh, he was pushing them too hard and it was making them unhappy.
11: Why did you continue to coach them if so much that you didn't approve of was
10: going on? Because I cared for them. There's two boys that I raised, that I loved, who had done this terrible thing, and maybe they were gonna die. and. All of this was overwhelming.
11: Did you think that your remaining as their coach had any impact upon Lyle or Eric's well being? Yes. And what impact did you think your being there had?
10: Well, I, I thought it was about all they had.
9: They surprised the heck out of the prosecutor, I think, with the volume. and and the weight of what they had in the the testimonies.
11: Kitty would throw things at them. And what was it she said she felt about her children? She told me she wished they would not have never been born because they had broken her marriage. They did have both of them, total dedication.
12: The problem is it became a sick type of obsessive dedication.
4: He had no friends that we could find out about. His colleagues in the business found him threatening and really cold and hard to deal with. His relationship with his sons on other levels were terrible. He made them strive to be the best at everything. It was obsessive. He was um, abusive, Um, could be cruel to people, even in a social setting.
12: Were they confrontational with you? Extremely so. Were they frightening? Yes. Were they intimidating?
8: Yes. He wanted his children to succeed. Most parents do, but... He was
0: relentless. Of all the people in the world who might get murdered, this one would be kind of on my top five list. I didn't like Mr. Menendez. Uh, I didn't find him very likable. Totally controlling, belittling, and instilling fear.
9: I mean, 51 witnesses. (laughs) I don't think I've ever heard of that.
11: Did you look to see who had the power in this family? The mother was a very powerful figure. She would threaten the children with the father's power. So she had her own, and then she also had
8: her own
12: plus the father's. Did you ever have occasion to stay at the Menendez home in Muncie, New York?
3: Yes, I did. Jose Ed Lyle with his uh, close fist. Now, in
8: 1975, you went to visit the Menendez home again for this three and a half to four months, and then again in 1977, correct?
6: Yes.
12: You were not allowed in the room. What did you mean by that?
6: As soon as Jose took either one of the boys into their room, the door was locked behind him, and Kitty made it very clear that you did not go down the hallway to listen or go near that door.
11: You couldn't go down there. I mean, you, were, you stayed in the living room or you did something else, but you didn't go anywhere near the hallway.
10: He asked me if uh, my dad ever gave me massages.
11: And did you understand at that point what he meant? No, I didn't. Lyle came down and indicated to me that he and his dad had been touching each other, and he indicated that it was in his genital area.
3: Well, he told me
10: his father was massaging his He used that word? Yes, he did. Most reveal their abuse uh, sometime in adulthood. It's the rare client that I've seen that has revealed it in childhood and then also is now coming into treatment in adulthood, although that
3: does happen.
4: The reason that this case was such a sensation, I think, was that it exposed the dirty little secret, which was child sexual abuse. And it happened in many families, but it was never revealed. and this one was pretty bad did you love your mom and dad yes and
12: on august 20th 1989 did you and your brother kill your mother and father Yes.
1: why did you kill your parents because
10: we were afraid
1: the defense is painting a dark picture of the victims jose and kitty menendez A parade of more than 50 witnesses, aunts, uncles, cousins, Jose's employees and experts make a strong case that there was emotional and sexual abuse in the Menendez home. But it is the riveting testimony of the brothers themselves, Lyle and Eric, that painted a picture of depravity and abuse. Hard to watch. Impossible to ignore.
6: The defense may call its next witness.
1: Defense calls Joseph Lyle Menendez.
12: Between the ages of six and eight, did your father have sexual contact with you? Yes. And how did it start?
10: After sports practices, he would massage me and he would show me and he would uh, fondle me and he would ask me to do the same with him and I would, I would touch him and we would undress. Um,
12: Where would this take was, place?
10: In my bedroom. He would put me on my knees and he would guide me, all my movements, and I would um, uh, have oral sex with him. <laughs> do you want to
12: do this? <laughs>
4: In the media, that's all you would hear, is that these two rich boys killed parents for money. The people who think that did not sit through the same trial that I did.
10: He used uh, objects. uh,
12: What kind of objects?
10: A toothbrush and some sort of shaving utensil brush.
12: It
14: was sad and everything was out there their entire life. And some of the most embarrassing things about their life were now for everybody to see.
12: And did he try to anally penetrate you with something else? He did. And what was it?
10: He raped
12: Did you cry? Yes. Did you bleed? Yes. Were you scared? (laughs) Very. Did you ask him not to?
10: Yes.
12: How did you ask him not to?
10: I just told him... I don't... I don't...
4: (laughs) Most of the people in the courtroom cried when they testified. They were so affecting.
10: I just told him that I didn't want to do this and that it hurt me and he said that he didn't mean to hurt me and he loved me.
4: The problem was at that time it, the whole thing was so taboo to talk about that the relatives who knew about it didn't come forward. Some of them said, yeah, we knew. We knew what was happening. We knew Jose was a pedophile.
12: Did you tell your mom?
2: <sighs> yes. What was a classic family drama? And then you learned in the trial the father was oppressive and, different. but why did he kill the mother? I told her to tell dad
10: to leave me alone. <sighs> and he keeps
13: touching me. I think the mother knew exactly what was going on. I think she was complicit. She knew that the father was sexually abusing the kids. I had no doubt about that.
10: She told me to stop it, and that I was exaggerating, and that my dad has to punish me when I do things wrong. And she, she told me that he loved me.
9: There was all the emotion between the brothers. Everything was really vulnerable. You see the bond between them, which kind of the, them being abused them against dad and
15: mom. We view the abuse excuse as a a, a defense.
11: What do you believe was the originating cause of you and your brother ultimately winding up shooting your parents?
13: Me telling Lyle,
1: The testimony alleging the sexual abuse of Lyle and Eric Menendez stuns the courtroom and had the nation glued to their TVs. But the defense is not claiming the killing of Jose and Kitty Menendez is a crime of revenge. The defense says that on the night of August 20th, 1989, the Menendez brothers feared for their lives. The legal term is imperfect self-defense.
6: Let's um, have the witness come in and the uh, mm-hmm. juries uh, come
0: in as well. My impression of Eric during my first hours that I spent with him was that he was so distraught, he was so emotional, he was so depressed that he would break down and start sobbing. In my
3: view, he was on the edge and he was teetering. And I was worried that uh, he was going to become psychotic and we'd have to transfer him to the psychiatric unit. Eric Galen
13: Menendez, I wanted to, uh, to end the uh, sex with my dad.
11: And did you have some expectation of how that was going to happen?
13: Yes, I was gonna go to college. I was gonna get away from him and uh, I wasn't gonna sleep at the house anymore.
11: And how did you react to hearing that he expected you to sleep at home?
13: Yeah, basically, the sex was gonna continue.
11: Did he say the sex is gonna continue?
13: No, he didn't say that, but that's what I knew meant.
11: There is a kernel of truth
5: in everything. That's what makes a compelling lie. I think there could have been some abuse. I always tend to think in these high profile cases that the truth is somewhere in between. I don't know.
11: What do you believe was the originating cause of you and your brother ultimately winding up shooting your parents?
13: Um, me telling.
11: You telling what?
13: Me telling Lyle that, uh.
11: You telling Lyle what? <laughs> Was it you telling Lyle about something that was happening?
13: My dad. <laughs> okay. Oh, uh, my dad. My dad had been molesting me.
11: And did you want something from your brother? Is that why you told
13: him? I just I wanted to stop.
11: If
14: they were actors, they were really really good the tears
7: were real the sexual abuse i believe was concocted in order to make the victims look not worthy of life
11: what did you think your father had in mind when he first said get up to your room i'll be there in a minute
13: well i I knew what he was saying
11: what in your opinion was he saying
13: he was going to come up to my room and have sex with me That's what he always did when he said that I swore and told him he was a a
10: sick person. And I told him no, and that he wasn't going to touch my brother again. And I threatened him.
12: How did you threaten him?
10: I told him I would tell everybody everything about him. I would tell the police, and that I would tell the family.
4: Their lawyer, Leslie Abramson, put forth a defense, which she called imperfect self-defense, and that defense holds that someone who is fearful for their life, who feels that they are in imminent danger of being killed, have the right to respond. They claimed that they believed their parents were going to kill them. What did you think was gonna happen?
10: I thought we were in danger. I thought he had no, he felt he had no choice.
12: But to what?
13: That he would kill us.
11: What did you think was happening?
13: I thought my dad was going to come up to my room and have sex, and I thought they were going to kill us.
11: You thought both things were going to happen.
13: Yes.
14: I think what was going on with Eric and Lyle is not just PTSD, but something called complex PTSD, where it's trauma upon trauma upon trauma. It stunts them. They function in a way where they have to compartmentalize their life. It's survival.
10: I was sure that that was it they were in the den and my dad had closed the doors and I didn't believe that dad was going to finish any movie or talk to Eric I thought he was just buying time and I I realized that uh, they had been waiting for Eric to get home
11: what did you think was going to be the result of that night
10: that I was going to die I thought they were going ahead with their plan to kill us then yes
12: So what did you do?
10: I ran upstairs to tell my brother
13: that it was happening now. As I was running toward the foyer, I just remember thinking, they're going to get it. They're going to get this. They're going to get this. They're
11: going to
13: get
10: the gun? Yeah. my brother got there first, and we just burst through the doors,
13: and uh, I started firing. I just remember firing. But the moment they burst into that room, they thought that, that this was it. It was either them or us. And that's why they just went in with guns blazing. It was really eerie. The TV was making illuminating lights and it was, it was horrible.
14: All we think about in moments of trauma when there is a trigger is survival. What do I need to do to survive this moment now?
4: Their mother had been a silent collaborator in all of this. She let it happen. They just couldn't take it anymore, basically.
11: Now, what was it that happened after the shooting ended?
13: I heard a noise from my mom.
11: And what was your reaction to that noise?
13: I just ran out of the room.
12: You reloaded? Is that yes? Yes. And what did you do after you reloaded?
10: I ran around and shot my mom.
12: Where did you shoot her?
10: The reached over and I shot her close. <laughs> Nobody had come. So then we started to talk about what we wanted to do. And I believe I went upstairs to call. Uh, you called the police? Call the police.
6: Who is the person that's a shot? dad? Okay.
8: They cared about their sons. They might not have been perfect, but they were human beings and they had the right to live.
11: You heard about
1: some of the things that he liked to do to his little boy. The Menendez brothers murder trial has put front and center claims that Lyle and Eric suffered a lifetime of emotional and sexual abuse at the hands of their parents. The brothers don't deny killing them, but will their lawyers bold legal strategy of imperfect self-defense work? Will jurors buy that the brothers feared for their lives the night their parents died? The trial is about to come to an end but there's one final twist.
6: We're now ready to proceed with the argument phase of the case
8: and first the prosecution and then the defense. The defendant and his brother viciously and mercilessly attacked their parents on the night of August 20th, 1989. The defense has attempted to place the victims on trial In this case, they have made obscene accusations, misleading claims, and outright lies about their parents who cannot be here to defend themselves.
7: They loved their children, but they pushed their children. And perhaps they pushed, well, I think it's obvious they pushed their children too far because their children killed them. But to say that these people were the monsters portrayed in this courtroom belies human nature. And it's the people's position that the sexual abuse is here to make the parents look so bad that you don't care that they're dead.
8: They cared about their sons. They might not have been perfect, but they were human beings and they had the right to live.
11: These people are dead and they were killed by their own children. Now you have to ask if you knew nothing else, what went on in that family for that to happen? Now this is the crime of Eric Menendez. And I cannot show you the crime that Jose Menendez committed on him, but you heard about some of the things that he liked to do to his little boy. And one of them was to stick tacks like this in his thighs and in his butt. This was a home run by power. And this was a home in which the children of the family became so fearful and where fear became the only emotion they were entitled to have, that when a crisis occurred in this family, fear is what guided them, intimidating to adults intimidating to people at work, intimidating to teachers, intimidating to coaches, intimidating to his friends. What do you think he's like to a two-year-old or a five-year-old or a nine-year-old or an 18-year-old who has always been under his thumb? He is terrifying to that person.
4: It became obvious immediately that it was men against women. The men in our jury, had a real hard time accepting the premise that teenage boys can be abused by their father. A lot of the female reporters were believing about the sexual abuse, and a lot of the male reporters and the cameramen were not. So every day for a month, we deliberated.
6: We remain deadlocked since our last report to you We have been unable to move closer to agreement on any of the counts. The court finds that the jury is hopelessly deadlocked and uh, declares a mistrial in this matter. We regret to inform the court that we are unable to come to a unanimous decision.
9: Hung jury is very unusual for them to come back out and say, in spite of all this,
12: We just can't do it. We took the battered woman syndrome and applied it, as I believe it should be, to anybody who is in a relationship of unequal power, where they are battered.
2: Parental abuse was a fair defense, and the first jury bought it, at least enough bought it, to not convict. I announced immediately this case is going to be retried. We did not lose the
13: case. This is not winning or losing. It's not a game of basketball or baseball or football. This is justice.
4: A lot of people felt that the DA's office was desperate now for a conviction of a celebrity. They had lost OJ Simpson. They needed a win. We had a number of high profile trials and we had
15: pretty much lost them all. One would end, we'd lose, a new one would come up, you know, and we were like, oh my God. They needed vindication in the
13: public eye, and they were going to try to extract that at the expense of the Menendez brothers.
11: Basically, we told the truth the first time. There's only one truth. We're going to tell the truth again to the extent that we're allowed to. Trial number two,
5: they changed, but they didn't go low key on the prosecution. They went with David Kahn, who is even more hard charging. In this case, the death penalty
16: is an appropriate punishment.
5: We like doing what we do, which is basically putting people who need to be put away into jail. Whether you believe they were abused or not, and I'll take the devil's advocate approach and say, for sake of argument, let's say they were abused. Is it still a first-degree murder? Absolutely. If we accept that as an imperfect self-defense, then pretty much every drive-by shooter has the imperfect self-defense.
0: We
16: do not agree that abuse is relevant and admissible in this trial. Our position is that the evidence that should be admissible through the testimony of lay witnesses should be limited to evidence which tends to show that the defendants were in fear that their parents were going to kill them on August the 20th of 1989 the second trial the judge basically said we're not we're not going to
9: have all that abuse excuse we're going to severely limit it it's, it's it's not coming in by severely i mean eviscerated
4: it's not televised it was This was a a do-over.
9: They had to do a rewind, a redo for trial two. It wasn't a fair fight.
16: I think it's going to cause the jury to take a closer look at the claims of the defendants and whether they are, in fact, truthful
9: claims. Some people felt like there was almost a collusion between the judge and the prosecutors to convict these boys by virtue of the things that they did.
16: There was a great deal of sympathy uh, for both defendants, but whether or not that sympathy was going to translate into disregarding the law or disregarding facts, I don't think that that happened.
3: I think that if there was sexual abuse and that the crime is in retaliation to a mother who didn't protect them and a father who abused them, everyone can understand that anger, that rage, everyone could applaud if they read their parents the riot act, confronted them, and walked away from the family. Shotgunning them to death? No, there's no excuse.
16: The judge handed the verdict to the clerk, the clerk to the deputy, the deputy to the juror. Every focus in that entire courtroom was on him. And I could tell he was a little nervous by the weight of the situation. It was a moment that I'll always remember from the trial when the verdict was read and they learned their fate. Guilty for both defendants of first-degree murder.
11: I can't be angry with a jury that follows the instructions that they're given. We, at the time,
5: we went for the death penalty. I saw the autopsy photos and the crime scene photos. They were ghoulish. I thought anyone capable of doing that should just be taken out of the gene pool completely.
16: I think I was able to make the decision for life without parole, regardless of any feelings of whether they were sexually abused. I feel that they were absolutely emotionally abused and it was an emotionally damaged family that created two young men that were able to kill their own parents.
5: Now, as I look back on it, I think it was absolutely the right call by the jury. And that's why we have juries. I
11: disagree with Judge Weisberg's rulings and appellate courts will now have the case before them, and we'll see if they agree or disagree as well. I'm not into slam the judge today. It's all water
4: under the bridge.
15: Well, if I were offered, you know, the opportunity to defend them in a the third trial, would I take the case? Yeah, yeah, I'll take the case.
13: I think it will be tough to win that case. I think they can win as underdogs. Do they have a shot? Absolutely. Will it get them through the door? Definitely. I'd love to take a case like that, sure.
9: I think life without was an appropriate sentence. But yes, if the case came to me, I would take it.
11: They're going to spend the rest of their lives in prison. On the good side, I will say that they're both such considerable human beings that they will find a way to be productive. Lyle Lyle is
0: relieved because he wants to live. Uh, You know, life without parole is not something to be looking forward to. So you can't say that he's happy, but certainly he's relieved that it's life and not death.
6: They murdered their parents. They were convicted and now
13: they're going to be punished the rest of their life for those acts
1: lyle and eric menendez were almost immediately sent to separate prisons authorities saying that because they conspired to kill their parents they might conspire to kill someone else if they were together behind bars they didn't see each other for more than 20 years but in 2018 Lyle was transferred to the prison where Eric was housed, and the brothers were reunited. I'm Ashley Banfield. Thanks for joining us.
0: There you have it, another in-depth look at an incredible trial. If you want to see the full Menendez brothers' trial, you can watch it on demand on the Court TV website. Just check the show notes for a link. And to keep up with the biggest current legal stories, tune into my show, Closing Arguments, weeknights at 8 p.m. Thank you so much for downloading. And as always, please don't forget to hug the kids. This podcast is a production of Court TV. Go to CourtTV.com for more content, trials on demand, and to find out how to watch Court TV in your area.